Hi everyone, it's me, Peyton Johnson. Welcome to my world, Pay's world. Like always, I hope my show is finding you at a very peaceful place in your life. I'm so glad I'm here with you, and I'm so glad that you are with me. I am reporting to you not so live from a place of procrastination, but nevertheless, I'm really excited to be sharing this episode of this great conversation I've got to have with a person that I've admired for so long, the one, the only, Alex Aller, formerly known as Skella. She is a singer, songwriter, visionary author, and we get to sit down and talk about her new book, Building You Up, which you can find on her website by Alex Aller. And we talk about being big sisters, writing, loving, and I really want you to pay attention, almost like write down anything you find interesting, because that's kind of what I wanted to do during our time together. I found this experience with Alex to be unique for a couple of reasons that I wanted to preface because I love a preface. You know that, I know that. So I found Alex to be so extremely accessible. I've thought of her as a long time as this big time celebrity, which I'm sure she will laugh at, but she was very kind and humble, yet badass. And she set a very good example for the type of woman I would like to be. Alex is also one of the first people that I ever got to talk to that I have never met personally face to face in any regard so through zoom states away very nervous if you hear that in my voice it is because i was in uncharted territory this is a very fun interview for me and then lastly again alex and her wisdom my goodness um i try not to project on the people too much these days but alex bestowed a lot of wisdom so eloquently that i couldn't help but feel like i was talking to a big sister so i'm very grateful to have had this time with her and I hope her wisdom blesses you too. So, my distinguished listeners, I present Alex Aller. Hi, Pace World. Hey, is this Peyton? Oh my gosh, Alex Aller? Is that yes. It? Oh my god, I can't believe you're calling. This is oh so my exciting. god. <laughs> We're so, you're silly. That's good. That's really yeah. good. Hi, how are you? I love a gimmick. I love yeah. the intro. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that you are with me. This was such a shot in the dark. I was very nervous to DM you. As you can probably I, well, <laughs> because not necessarily because you have that beautiful blue check next to your name now Mm. but just because you are a busy woman (laughs) because true (laughs) but let's run down some of your accolades you are a new author yes you Mm -hmm. just put out a book you are a singer songwriter yes I am Mm -hmm. and you are a producer of some sort do you make like your actual own music no, I I write on my own music and I try to produce. I'm like in the process of learning, but I work with all of my production with my friend Mason and he's the best. I'm super like involved in the production process. Mm-hmm. Like I, I definitely don't just like send off the songs, you know, we like sketch them out together, but he's definitely like the full production person. Um, right. 
but he's he's awesome. I could not do it without him. He's great. But true. I would love to add that accolade onto my name one yeah. day. <laughs> I am so everyone, this is my now new friend, Alex. She yes. is all of what I've mentioned before, but more importantly, I had her on the show today because I consider her a jack of all trades. Yeah, very similar to myself. And she has a new book and she is a mystery to me. So we're gonna kind of just dive into that today. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited. My first question for you is how did we kind of meet? Like, cause I obviously know, but I think our audience needs to know as well. Yeah. So we met on Instagram, right? Yeah. Is that, is that right? Yeah. yeah. And I was and, trying um, to remember who, who followed the other one first. I feel uh, like it might've been me. I think I might've followed you first. Probably. And then like at the time you had this really cool aesthetic that I was like, what the heck? She seems amazing. And you were under a different <laughs> alias at that, that time. Yes, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. I was Skella. under Skella. Yeah. yeah. I like to say I'm FKA Skella, aka Alex Aller. Right. <laughs> wow. Formerly known as Skella, but yeah. now otherwise known as Alex Aller kind of thing. So when did you first start Skella? Because I've read your bio on Spotify a million yes. times. Thank you. Thank you. I worked very hard on it. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I can tell. And because it's just so mysterious and well-written. Thank you. It really, it really ties in who your, your music represents you to be first and foremost. Love that about any artist, because if you're selling, you can't sell something that's not you. And then people are surprised. So when did you go on your first adventure as Skella? You put yourself out there. Yeah, so Skella started honestly so long ago. I think a lot of people have like a moment in their lives where they're like, I'm going to do this, but I need like a superhero name. And I chose Skella. So, like, every step that I made in music when I first started, probably like five or six years ago now, mm-hmm. I would say it was longer though, because there was like this process of learning how to like write music and stuff. But while I was first learning, I was always like, I'm going to be Skella. Like, this is going to be my alter ego. This is going to be like the face of my project. So I was always kind of like moving with intention. And then when I got a little bit of traction under Skella, I was like, okay, this is like officially my, my like, you know, stage name. And that was... I would say um, like when I first started releasing music was like four years ago. Mm -hmm. And then it started off as just kind of like songwriting, top lining, figuring out who I am. There's like this element of figuring out who I am and like channeling, channeling that change constantly through this like face, right? This kind of cover. Mm -hmm. And then I got signed to Sony, which was like so exciting. And I was like, cool, I'm Skella. And then little by little, I had this kind of like, weird shell around me like kind of start to deteriorate and it's like but you're not Skella Mm -hmm. you're not Skella like that was always kind of just again like this face that I would channel everything into Mm -hmm. and I was like little by little just growing out of it growing out of this like shell that I had made myself Mm -hmm. and I hit a point where I was like whoa I am not Skella anymore and I felt that and it's such an abstract feeling which is strange to try to describe to someone but yeah, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not Skella anymore. So then who am I? And then there was this new process of relearning who I was. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want a stage name. I want to be able to put out music and art proudly under my real name. 
And then I became myself, which is kind of funny to go full circle to work so hard to like be something that is properly packaged and something that you can kind of put this nice glaze over Mm -hmm. and then realizing that I don't really want that. (laughs) And you do a total, total flip back into yourself and have to like relearn how to introduce yourself to people. Cause I would be like, yeah, I'm Skella. Right. I'm Skella. I'm Skella. I do interviews. I'd be like, hi, I'm Skella. And then to be like, I'm Alex Aller felt so strange to me. I was like, I have to introduce myself. I was like, what's this? So it's been, it's been a long process of relearning literally just to introduce my real name to people. I was shocked when I saw your at change. I know. I was shocked. But I will tell you that it was a very graceful transition. Like, I'm not mad about it. I'm even more (laughs) taken by you. Oh, Uh, that makes me happy. Thank you. Right. And what I like about, even when you were Skella, and I would read some of, like, your writings that you put out on Instagram, like, you have this voice that captures that abstractness that you talked about so well. And it was something Mm -hmm. that I could identify with. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think that I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, who who is this woman? Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And I know, I'm still trying to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. Can you tell our audience how old you are? Yes. So I'm 28 years old and I am proudly finally able to say that I am, in addition to being 28 years old, totally the artist that I've literally always been building up towards being and it took me so long to figure out a way to be that and I'm like super super actually like proud of my age though I I'm not like I don't broadcast it necessarily but I'll never hide it you know um just because I don't really believe in like broadcasting your age because I just feel like it has a sense of like ageism attached to things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it also like on the negative side, it kind of perpetuates like when you're um, like 21, you kind of perpetuate like, a, Oh, I'm green. I'm kind of new to this. Mm-hmm. And it's also like, look how young I am. Like, look, I'm this, I'm this age. And I'm like kind of at this taking point. And then when you do it in like, Uh, like you know you as you like kind of grow older it also has it just has this thing where you kind of like brand yourself as an age which is really interesting so it's funny to me that you didn't know how old I was yeah but I'm like oh I guess you don't because I I don't broadcast it yeah no you and also you look so like early 20 like just 20 (laughs) which is fine I I admire what you're talking about with age because I also agree with that to yeah, I just agree with that because it's hard um, with our generation with particularly like instant gratification, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And wanting to start super young or um, doing everything now. And you said something really nice before we started recording that you're like, I feel so confident at this age who I am. And I mean, it obviously takes time and maturity and you, you're not always ready for everything that you want when you want it. Uh, so you're right. Go you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, for, I forget what I said exactly, but I always have, I have little sisters mm. and sometimes they'll look at me and be like, you're 28. And I'm like, I know I'm like this age that's supposed to be so much older mm. when you're like young, Yeah. but you come to this age and you, I feel I, like I was saying before, I feel 
the, I feel how I wish I felt when I was like 21, 22, I feel like confident, comfortable in myself being able to say like, I'm 28 and I'm finally at this place in life where like, I put out my first book, I put out an album I'm proud of. Like, not that you can't do those things at a young age, but I think it's an accomplishment to be able to say that at any age, you know, to be able to say you like did something that you set out to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's cool to be able to be like, yeah, I'm 28. What's up? And I'm still cute. Yeah. Skin glowing. (laughs) It's just so weird how I feel like a lot of my peers think that like 28 is, I don't like the more that I'm like in my, I'm early 20 and 22. Yeah. It's like, no, we have so much time. Like, I don't know why I feel so old, tired, um, but we've been on yeah. this earth for a while at this point. Like it's getting well, a little life old. Life is hard. Yeah, you know, <laughs> life is tough. When you're 21, you're like, oh my god, I have to do more of this. Like yeah. I have to keep working. I have to yeah. keep hustling. And there's this terror that kind of comes over you because you're like, it's already been so hard. You're like, yeah. how am I gonna? Yeah. How yeah. am I gonna make it through another five, ten years of my twenties? You know. So yeah. when I was 21, 28, felt like, oh, you're an adult. You you got you got it all figured out by 28. And in a, I'm sorry to say, you don't have it all figured out by 28, but you definitely have a better handle of life at 28. Or maybe you know, maybe you don't. Maybe you're still figuring it out. But with age comes like patience and mm-hmm. like um, a sense of acceptance. I feel like I'm like, you know, talking from this crazy wise place, but I'm really not. I just, I've, de- I definitely feel like more in my, more in my, more in my body and my own personhood than I did at 21. Oh God, I was a mess at 21. I was like that girl carrying a flask around at bars. Like, cause mm. I was like, I'm going to need more whiskey in my drink. Yeah. Like, I was you already knew like, beforehand. I was yeah. having a good time, but also that good time was messy. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very like, familiar with that. you're like this teacup Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is a holdover from my show used to be called the tea with p oh that's Uh, cute yeah it was but like similarly to your journey with your name I was like that doesn't feel right anymore I just I just did what I wanted (laughs) it's crazy though how a name can re it gives you like this new sense of self when you allow yourself to morph into something else instead of being like it has to be this I already called it that the the cards already say that and then you're just like it doesn't matter definitely yeah (laughs) I was like why am I holding myself to this this doesn't feel right what's a number thing so I mean more to your point your 20s are not for sissies the 20s are not for sissies and identity yeah identity is tough too I would say but it is especially when you're young that's the other thing like when I was saying like it's not necessarily a bad thing to broadcast your age at any point Mm -hmm. but it also it associates like the fact like are you broadcasting that because you are like really proud of being this age or are you are you saying that because the world commodifies being young and you are the you're fitting into that that product package there you know you're like look I'm young just like the world wants me to be. I'm like the it thing at this age kind of vibe, you know? And then when you're older, you kind of feel like, oh, I'm not this young, perfectly packaged thing. I don't hit all the bullet points, you know? Yeah. So it's funny to, to real, to like kind of, you know, shed that skin and realize like, oh, I feel pretty good. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like, 
kind of chilling with this, you know, you start to realize, oh man, I totally did give in to some of those things too. You know, like, mm-hmm. are you, it's like, who are you doing it for? Right. You know, right. Like, who, that's a good question. I guess to always ask yourself, who are you doing it for? Right. I think the best thing that I had heard in a while is, have you, are you a Lady Gaga fan by chance? Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. She <laughs> put out that Netflix special five foot two and the first mm-hmm, five minutes, it. yeah, she was talking about breaking up with that boyfriend. And she was talking about, I feel better than ever. I'm like, now that I'm 30, I was like, damn, 30 is sexy. <laughs> I was like, yeah. is not. when she put that out, I was like, dope. Like, because how old is I? I was like yeah. 20 and in college and just, I think doing anything in the art, arts and combining that with academia can be so confusing right because you're getting yeah. graded <laughs> on Ooh, that's a good point <laughs> you're, you're being fully assessed on your creative process which necessary mm-hmm. evil unnecessary evil and when she said 30 because at 20 I felt like I was running out of time like I could not I still can't hold my foot above my head I can't do a triple pirouette all this stuff and she said at 30 this is what happened even though Lady Gaga I don't yeah. know by the time she was 22 she already had fame monster out, but you know what? All that to say, yeah. Um, there's she nothing wrong with it. Women. Yeah, yeah. Which is impressive, and and also it's funny that we feel the need as women to um, almost come out about our age. Yeah. Once you pass a certain age, mm. um, like there's a sense of me feeling, um, and I'll, I even hear it now, like, oh, I almost feel like I need to defend my age mm-hmm. because I need to not only tell people that I'm comfortable with my age, but also tell other women that I'm comfortable with my age. Like, Hey, it's all good. It's all good to get older. It's all good to like get, you know, get out of your roaring kind of early twenties and you can still be a hot ass bitch, you know, like it's okay. You can, you can still be a, a shiny, a shiny person and like your own kind of, um, your own kind of package deal, you know, it doesn't need to always fit their idea of what it means so the fact that Gaga was like I'm 30 I feel like she did that for for Uh, us yeah yeah she was like hey girls it's all good you know I love I love hearing about other women's age even though I know I was like you don't have to broadcast it but there's there's always a you know positive positive side negative side so yeah right so now wait you said you were the are you the oldest sister or are you like a middle? So I have one older sister. She's four years older than me. And then I have, um, four half siblings that I just like consider to be, you know, like my, my, my full siblings. I adore them. I have three little sisters and then one little brother and they're all like considerably younger than me. Mm-hmm. so it, it it is funny to have that like contrast like seeing them grow up and recognize the things that they're going through like mm-hmm. one of them's in college she's about to enter her sophomore year next year um you know a couple of them are in high school actually the rest of them are basically in high school and I see them and I'm just like oh my god I remember that age so clearly and I do not want to go back there <laughs> it's tough I'm like yeah. you got this you're gonna you're gonna make it out alive it's gonna be great <laughs> but yeah. I look back and I'm like oh it's gonna get so much better guys trust me <laughs> it's gonna wow. get better. Yeah. yeah I'm the oldest sister too I have two little sisters oh damn yeah. is it weird for you to um kind of see them grow up and yeah do you recognize yourself a lot in them I do because all of our faces are kind of starting to morph into one mm, um, like I, I, grew into my face. <laughs> I know me too like I grew into it's my so face cute. 
my middle sister is in like she grew into her face she has the face like model model and then Ooh. my baby sister is she's about to go to college which like wow yeah so we're all starting to look alike and do a lot of the same things like so I went cool. into college for art for musical theater right cool. so I was singing dancing acting my middle sister she wants to do business management like art or yeah like concert business management and then cool. my baby sister wants to do the same thing so we're all like in the same sphere mm. and we're all like kind of pointing at each other like uh like and my middle sister she's very gifted musically and mm. so I think she plays things and um my baby sister just wants to manage cute boys and concerts and stuff like that so yeah it's cool though because you can all kind of watch out for each other yeah in a way especially if you're in the same field like mm-hmm. there's nothing like having a true friend I can't imagine having a sister in the field like that must just be so much better like once you guys are all working and out there in the world like that's going to be like an irreplaceable kind of connection to have. That sounds, I, I'm so excited for all of you <laughs> to, to enter you. into that. Yeah. Thank so cool. you. And what I like about that, like the different varying degrees of our interest in the field is that there's no serious competition, you know, because if we all sang right. and like we formed a girl group or whatever my mom's <laughs> fantasy was for that, yeah. um, like I couldn't imagine that because we're pretty bad over other things. <laughs> wow four girls that's kind of oh, crazy sorry. sorry did I say three no I meant two or three oh girls. oh three so three yeah. girls all together my bad yeah my dad that's has definitely four a girl girls. group yeah <laughs> my dad has four girls because my mom and then me and my sisters and he pays for it every day <laughs> literally he's so funny about yeah. it he's like oh my god my girls I'm like what are you gonna do old man yeah yeah that's I so love, funny yeah shout out <laughs> to my dad everyone who listens to my show knows about my dad he's a funny guy oh I love that yeah, yeah. have you ever have you ever watched RuPaul's Drag Race yes okay yeah excellent you know how Sharon Needles her boyfriend at the time won Drag Race and Alaska yeah. um oh sorry no it was Alaska's boyfriend Sharon Needles who won right. the Drag Race right. and Alaska never got in until Sharon Needles mm-hmm. and I swear she said the wisest thing Alaska said there was a point where I decided I had to I could either be bitter mm-hmm. or I could be her biggest fan and I swear that was like a piece of knowledge that has never left me wow Cause you know, I have a lot of friends in the industry. I have my, my boyfriends in the industry. Like there's just so many people around me who are killing it. And it's hard not to compare yourself even to just like, you know, acquaintances. But I always repeat that to myself whenever I'm not feeling in my worth or maybe comparing myself a little bit too much to other people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think it'd be handy, honestly, with you and your sisters. It's like you can either be bitter or you can be their biggest fan. And it's like choose to be someone's biggest fan. It seems like, oh, duh. But I love little phrases like that that I can like repeat to myself. And it just carries so much weight. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of Alaska, too. Now I can just, like, imagine that. I love Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) She is my favorite. I've always loved her. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so now I'd like to talk more about who Alex is. So we made this very graceful transition. Where, Where are you now? Can we talk a little bit about, like, your book and what you hope to do with that? 
Yes, absolutely. This is exciting. It's my first podcast talking about the book, actually. So yeah. thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to talk about it. It's oh cool. My gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> I figured there would be like a line out your door trying to be like, who are you? Tell me about oh, this book. I really appreciate that. That's yeah. It's exciting to actually be talk to talk about it because I've only really talked about like the book mm-hmm. on socials and anything I'm really doing. So where I'm at now is I just put out my first book. I've been working on this book for four years. Wow. <laughs> it was a process. It took mm-hmm. extra long because I had edited it so many times. And because I was trying to get the accompanying soundtrack, which is, you know, the joint project, because I'm a musician and a writer, it's, you mm-hmm. know, the book and a soundtrack. So it took so long to make that perfect to like have the music match the feeling of the book make sure the book was in a place that I felt good about it and it's finally out there right so this thing that I was like building up building up working on working on for it to be kind of like out there there was this disassociative wave that I had where I was like oh what am I doing now you know Mm -hmm. because it felt strange to like oh, I reached that thing that felt so obtainable and also felt really scary. And now that I've done that, I hit a state of panic, disassociation, (laughs) panic again. And now I've kind of come out the end where I realized like, I can do anything I want now. (laughs) You had the infinity stones. Yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I feel like I've like fully stepped into a place where I'm like, oh, you can, oh yeah, you can like do whatever you want cool. Yeah. So I'm going to do whatever I want. Awesome. <laughs> I'm do whatever I want now. So I'm in a, I'm in a good place where I'm like, okay, so what's next. And I'm basically just trying to figure out a way to like get the book out to more people. Mm-hmm. Um, I independently released everything on the music side. And then I had like, mm-hmm. I had actually, I only got one offer for the book and it was very kind of them to like offer to publish the book. And I was really excited about it, but I also was like why would I independently release my music and then give my book away and not own the rights Mm -hmm. it kind of felt strange to Mm do um because part of the process of like leaving Sony and in like a very graceful way it wasn't like this crazy ball out or anything but part of releasing the music independently was like this kind of thing of not I can do it on my own but also but a way of like oh I want to do this the way that I would like to, the way that I can feel proud of like every step through. So releasing it on my own was definitely an undertaking, though it was like the thing I ultimately wanted to do. So now I'm in that process of like, okay, so I did this on my own. So now I have to be the one to figure out right where's the book going to go. Um, I'm trying to like find consignment programs to like get the book into certain like local bookstores, you know, it's up on like Amazon and IndieBound and I'm like trying to find some cool locations for the project. So I'm kind of there right now, but I'm also in a process of realizing that I think it might be time Mm -hmm. to finally introduce people a little bit to me, which is so funny because I don't really, I didn't really want to. I was just like, I just want to put out my music kind of like, bye, you know, just do my project. But now I'm in a place where I feel that showing more of who I am could actually be not just a cathartic process, but kind of a fun process for like other people who like the book. Uh Um, Because I've had so many people reach out saying that it kind of helped them go back into their teen years. 
since it's a coming of age story. Right. And I, you know, I put like an acknowledgement center, uh, sorry, page in the back where I kind of like reveal to people that the reason why I wanted to write a book about mental health in high school is because I have my own mental health struggles in high school. And I had this review come through saying like, to find out that like the author kind of was open about that and wrote this book because of it allowed me to like go deeper into it you know mm-hmm. um so I'm like oh okay well maybe maybe it's a good idea to let people in a little bit more so that's where I'm at right now I'm at this threshold threshold where I'm about to open the door wow. <laughs> I'm about to open the door to like start more. to maybe reveal yeah a little bit more about who I am which is kind of crazy but I'm excited right. well first and foremost congratulations thank you <laughs> that sounds beautiful and like labor of love and hard work and just like determination so I'm just blown away because that's kind of where I would like to be at that's also kind of where I consider myself and that's where I consider a lot of my very close friends to be who obviously I do this show for I just (laughs) I would like all my friends to just know that I have other really cool people in my sphere of influence so again I'm just so grateful that you're (laughs) here with me I'm like wow Um, and then secondly really quick I'd like to clean up the timeline so you started Skella Mm -hmm. uh what year what year was that I wish I could tell you I don't know so all you were... I know is that when I was in in like high school and college, I would right. start like doodling the name Stella on right. notebooks. So that's what I meant by like, I was always kind of like building up this right. person that I would become. But like, I started like actually doing it like probably like four years ago, four years, four or ago. five years ago, four or five years ago. And then yeah. you signed mm-hmm. with Sony and uh-huh. then you toured a little bit. Is that what I'm to yeah. be? Right. Yes. And then. Mm-hmm. When about the time did you know that you want, wanted to make the switch to Alex? Yeah. And was that, so that was four years ago. Was it like two yeah. years after it was that? About, it was about two years ago, actually. Right. Um, it was, you know, like two, two and a half, where I just started to feel this like kind of crumbling of persona around okay. Stella, where I like looked at my music, looked at the project, and it felt like it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And I had this realization that it wasn't. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, I want to be Alex Aller. I was just like, I don't want to be Skella anymore. Right. And to choose my own name was kind of like a a literal and metaphorical choice to like try to be myself for people. Right. To try right. to choose myself, you know? Right. And then you left Sony around that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when did you start? So you've always had this book idea, right? You're building up, building yes. up, which is the name mm-hmm. of the book, right? I know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then, building you up. <laughs> and then when was the, uh, cause I know you're still doing pre-orders for that book, correct? Well, no, it's sold out. So that's why I'm back on a pre-order system right, right now. Um, because I'm, I'm actually putting in the next order and I'm doing kind of something special for the next order, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, so so this is all that. within the last year that this is really taken oh up. yeah I actually just I fully released the book in January yeah. of 2021 so it's yeah. only been a few months which is kind of crazy because like I said I was working on this project for so long and I put the pre-order up in November 
Yes. But prior to that, I was like kind of releasing music, testing the waters, Mm -hmm. always like from the book, like soundtrack, I would put out songs from the soundtrack Mm -hmm. to kind of be like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is the new sound. Like it's very different than Skella kind of like introducing people. Also maybe finding new people who liked this sound versus the Skella sound. But yeah, this is all very recent. Like it's only been like three, four months, you know, it's, which is kind of crazy. It is. Cause I'm really trying to remember. I feel like this has been, I know. cause I've been following this for a while. Big fan of the newest soundtrack. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And I listened to, or not listen, sorry. I was just on your website and I saw that the pre-order was up again. I was like, I thought, but okay. Now all of that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. It, it sold out. And also the book is now available on like Amazon and IndieBound. So I'm trying to like encourage people to maybe use some of those sites instead of the um, necessarily like my website, mm-hmm. but just because I'm kind of like planning something for the next right. order so that people can, that, like, you can still get it. It's available on other, other sites and stuff, but um, yeah, it's, it's actually, that was kind of a tough process is like learning how to um, print stuff it was a process <laughs> it was I a process bet. what I what I'm also hearing is that you're very independent right yes I'm you're doing this all on your own mm-hmm. yeah so I um I I wouldn't say I do it totally on my own because I have a lot of really amazing friends that are creatives and honestly I think are sometimes more helpful than like any manager could be in terms of like helping you to guide your project. Right. Like I have, um, it's basically like a creative collaborator at this point. Her name is Zoe Craft, and she does like all my music videos, but she's also my roommate. So literally, <laughs> I know, I know. So wow. Anything, any song I have, like any creative idea, I'm like, what do you think of this? what do you think of that? And I, mm-hmm. I'm always running like kind of creative concepts by her mm-hmm. or Mason, the person who produces all my music. We're always working on stuff. And I'm like, Hey, I just wrote this new song. Do you like this? Like I'm utilizing like the creative people in my life who are close to me, you know? Right. So I don't think I'm like totally alone as I get a lot of like emotional slash creative support from the people around me. But in terms of like, figuring out how to like independently release stuff. Right. I am technically and like mechanically doing things on my own. And I hope to one day find the right team to, you know, bring the project to a different level. But I think there's a lot to be said about not just looking for any team, which is something I I learned Mm. um, through my last project was I always kind of was like, well, better to just like work with people but that's not true it's like you really need the right people you need the right label you need the right agent you need the right manager or your project can get really misconstrued and also you need to know what you want (laughs) so that was also a choice in being independent it's like okay let me figure this out lock this down figure Mm -hmm. out who I am and then I'll and then I'll open that door again, you know, which is kind of funny. Like this whole process of putting out the book and the soundtrack was me like locking it down and being like, this is who I am. Yeah. This is who I sound like. This is what I write like. You could take it or leave it, but this is it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is this is Alex Aller. This is my project. This is completely what I want. 
not a manager, not a label, not someone telling me, oh, this is going to do well on Spotify. This is a radio hit, like nothing like that. It's all me. So now if the right team finds me and they don't like anything about the project, then I'm like, oh, that's probably not the right team then, you know? I mean, not like nitpicking or anything, but if there's like a big, you know, wrench in the project that they don't like, I know that I'm like, then that's not the right toolbox for me then, you know? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. A lot, yeah. I've had and, to think about it a lot. So yeah. that's why I have so much to say on it. But what I hear is that you're so confident in yourself because something that I struggle with is that kind of permanence of, oh, what if I don't find another? Like, if I had a team right now and I realized it wasn't working for me, I would probably like stick with it because I'm like, oh my gosh, what if another opportunity? never right comes back around or something like you know early 20s stuff oh yeah. early I had those stuff. thoughts yeah I felt you're doing way. so well in my opinion like the fact that I am here in the middle of the cornfields in Illinois and I am like <laughs> this is a person who is working and is making yeah. a name for herself I'm like that is a, a reach for an artist and something else I, I made a note because I wanted to ask you about this yeah. Um, I, I think that in addition to being a jack of all trades, I also mm-hmm. considered you to have to be a person who has the art of patience down. Um, mm, and, and, interesting. And kind of, I wanted to know where that came from, because four years is not a lot of time in the grand scheme of things. But the waiting, um, mm. especially when you're not exactly sure what's happening, can be really hard. What can you speak to that? Yeah. Do you consider yourself like a patient person, which I mean, people wow. ask out of me. I know that is not on our questions. If you're listening at no, home, no, that's I did not right. give her this question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, she is so like, you know, you allowed yourself to transform into this beautiful thing and it's, it's working. You're giving yeah. yourself time, which I don't think a lot of my peers or even I'll speak just for myself that I really allow so where do you think that kind of came from do you you like you know I I consider myself a patient person as a person Mm -hmm. would I consider myself a patient artist I don't know because I have that kind of like hunger and feeling of, I need to put something out. I need to move forward. I need to grow into myself, like always kind of wanting more as an artist, but as a person, I feel actually like I've worked on specifically being more patient with just life's timing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm, I'm going to bring it back to age, which is so funny, but I've always said and I've been very fortunate to say this, but I've been saying this actually since I graduated from uh, college mm-hmm. because something happened. I think it was that I, I, ta- I like moved out when I was out of college and I began like my own life. It was like fully my life. Um, and I started saying to myself, and again, I'm very fortunate to say this because I know we all have different paths and I know we all have different things that unfortunately mark certain years is like, you know, a very bad year, but I've been fortunate enough to say that every year has been the best year of my life Mm -hmm. because I've been growing so exponentially as a human being, not even just as an artist. Right. And I feel like that patience has kind of come from that in realizing that like every year of my life 
could be the best year yet. So time is like just truly on your side in a way. Um, I wish I could say I was a patient artist, but, but maybe I shouldn't view myself so singular, you know, like that's a different person. Cause I am now the artist right. Skella's Skella's no more right outside of my body, which is how I used to kind of see her. I used to see mm-hmm. her as a separate entity. So maybe it's time to merge myself and be like, yeah, I am patient. Go me, you know, yeah. <laughs> give myself the credit. Cause I'm officially now the artist at hand as well so you know thank you for saying that I really appreciate that (laughs) yeah I mean it's not a bad thing to uh have yourself separated from your artistry but it's not a bad thing to think of yourself as an individual either I've been reading and we'll kind of we'll get into books later like oh yeah (laughs) but I've been reading The Actor's Life by Jenna Fisher who plays Sam on The Office and she does a couple interviews towards the end of her book and it's about a lot she interviews a lot of successful actors that she deems successful like working people and the second guy that she interviews I'm not sure of his name right now I might correct that later (laughs) but like everyone she interviewed said there was at least like a year or two that they didn't have any work they were signed with agents they were in LA, they were in New York, right. they did everything right, they were attractive, but they weren't getting anything. Yeah. Um, and he said the key to having peace as an artist is to also have a very balanced individual life outside of that. So, right. mm-hmm. I mean, your answer about being a patient person, I mean, I would consider you a patient artist too. I guess it translates into yeah. your art, whether like you like it or not, the person yeah. that you are it permeates through but yeah I I also think that if you choose to be patient with yourself mm-hmm. then you kind of are like you almost speed things up in yeah. a way it's almost like a trick you know like mm-hmm. it's when you're flustered and you go okay I'm gonna take a moment it's all good I'm gonna regroup that's kind of how it is with being an artist if you like you're like all right I'm gonna let go kind of relax for a little bit and then you the river starts pouring through again Mm -hmm. the creativity because you've given yourself that patience so my psyche hasn't figured that out yet so I've been tricking it (laughs) I've been tricking it which is a good tool but I wonder how long that will last (laughs) yeah hopefully forever I yeah I, I see nothing but good things for you okay oh thank you so we're going to move on to our next little segment. This is like the connection part that I Excellent. have outlined for you. Okay. Alex, can you yes. tell me about where your passions lie? I think I phrased that question like that because with theater, people are more like executives usually ask, okay, are you a singer, an actor, dancer? Are you an actor, um, dancer, singer? Um, and I know that you contain multitudes. And Mm. I've read and I follow you on Instagram. So I know that writing is a big thing for you. It's always come back to you. Would you consider yourself more of like a writer or do you like singing more? Like where do you, like, where are your priorities? Oh God, that's so hard. Cause it's a question I've thought a lot about. Yeah. (laughs) Especially people are like, oh, you're a musician, but you're a writer. Like that's confusing. So what are you? Right. Mm, Um, And I always say, (laughs) yeah, I always say, um, you know, look at someone like Patti Smith, Mm -hmm. who was able to 
take like her passion of translating feeling. Right. That's more of like my passion because I think as creatives, Okay. right. It's not really like a, a stamp of like, I'm a musician and I'm a writer. It's more like an action. Like I yeah. like to translate emotions through translate emotions and feelings through any medium. Oh, that's like my, you know how it's like, if you had a superpower, that would be my superpower because I, it's not just writing. Like I love, I love singing because it translates feeling. Mm. I love playing guitar because it translates feeling. I love writing books and poems and short stories because I'm translating like abstract feelings into a tangible, tangible piece of, of life. Cause it's a very hard thing to do. Right. It's like to translate how you're feeling. Right. Because if you don't have certain words to describe it, you wouldn't really know how to describe it. So I think that's where my passion lies. And I, I've never been steered wrong by that when I've been like honest in translating whatever it is I'm feeling, you know? So I think my passion lies in that. And hopefully it's not like a workaround answer, but I just like could never be like, oh, I'm just a writer or I'm just a singer, even though a lot of people have asked me to choose in like a, a question or like, oh, so what's your thing? What's your, what's your thing? You know, but I really hope to like one day write screenplays and, you know, work on movies or TV shows. I, I want to do everything, you know, like yeah. I love writing blogs and I love, I, I honestly love writing bios. <laughs> like I loved writing my bio for yeah. Spotify. Like I just really like to translate feeling. It's just my, it's just my thing, you know? Like um, I do this thing for myself, totally for myself. I never put it out there because I'm not good at it. But I, every year of my life, since I was about like 19, I've done these self-portraits to see how I'm feeling about myself. Mm-hmm. And some of these portraits are so crazy because I look back and I can remember exactly what I was going through and like why I drew myself that way. And it's another kind of take back to this feeling of like, I'm just translating an emotion. It doesn't matter what the medium is. It's just like, right. even if I'm not good at it, I'm, I'm down to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. Like, I'm down to do it. So I think my passion lies in that. Damn, that was a long answer. So. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> mad about it. And you said, is this a workaround? I said, you know what? Not necessarily. (laughs) I feel like uh, only a little bit, but I'm not mad about that. I think, again, Mm. you're an abstract person. So I think (laughs) that is a beautiful abstract. An abstract answer. answer. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. I'm not mad about that. That's a very beautiful sentiment. And I think everyone that I've interviewed so far, um, they always kind of stick it to me when I ask them that question, Mm. Um, which I love. Like this is my, I've, with every like set of questions I email, email out to people, it's always been kind of the same and I tailor it to different people, but I always keep that question because I love to hear how artists are like, in a, in a nice way, they're like, how dare you try to label me? <laughs> <laughs> like everyone's always kind of like, I don't believe in labels. And I just want to like, I just kind of want to hear that from people. So yeah, yeah that's a great yeah. answer. Cool. Yeah. yeah very <laughs> beautiful. And I hate it when I get labeled too, but then I find myself even as just an artist, whatever I'm doing, accidentally labeling people or myself. And I'm like, and I get in this trap sometimes. Yeah. I don't know if you ever feel like that too. No, it's, it's that shell. I think also that mm-hmm. I was talking about with Scala, like I built that house mm-hmm. and I went down with it. Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not mad about your transition from Skella. I did oh, love yeah. her though. Oh no, I love Skella. I was able to become such a confident musician through all the work I did with Skella. I learned how to, you know, hold my own in songwriting sessions. I learned how to network with artists. I learned how to, you know, kind of direct my vision and stuff. But there is a lot to be said about constantly trying to fit into one thing. Right. Um, I think if I didn't do that with Skella, maybe it would, it would have gone differently, but ultimately I kind of like box myself in, in a way. And I, I, and sometimes you just need to change, you know, you just need to say, I'm going to change the title of this freaking song <laughs> because it doesn't matter what I thought I needed to be like, this is what I am now. You know, I do know. That's yeah. so exciting. Transferring back to Alex, yeah. we keep going back and forth. I know. <laughs> I know. <It's> <laughs> and I mean, if you're ever just like, can we please just talk about me? Let me know. Okay. Too much. Isn't um, that weird though? Talk about me. I am Skella. That's so yeah. weird. It's this. It's this strange thing. But sorry, go on. I'm sure <laughs> it'll 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 dissipate with time. It'll dissipate right. with time. Um, is there anything more that you would like people to know about this new book? If I could talk about it, my perception of it for a second. Yeah. I love that you're doing this kind of through line with the whole just kind of body of work, which does encompass, like you said, that translation of feeling. Cause I said, I really like the soundtrack. Yeah. Very excited to receive my book. So excited. <laughs> um, but what I also think is worth mentioning is that you had it pressed onto vinyl. I really appreciate the different mediums of, of which that feeling that you're going after is taking shape. Yeah. And in this book, it's a fiction book, correct? I know it's kind yes. of based off of, okay. Yeah. Cool. It's actually, it's, it's pretty much fully fictional, yeah. except for the fact that I was able to translate some of my um, mental health discoveries mm -hmm. as an adult back into some of um, the characters. Right. And this has mm -hmm. like music videos. Is it going to be turned into, I know on Instagram, you said that and in front of me just now, you said you're interested in screenwriting. Mm -hmm. You have so many music videos. Is this going to be a movie? Um, that's my ultimate goal for the book. And right. it always has been because um, it's a movie to me already. Okay. Building You Up is literally a movie in my head that I like heard as songs and saw as characters. And right. I would love to turn it into a movie just as someone who really enjoys multiple mediums I would uh, that's my main goal yeah. well the first goal is to put it out right <laughs> yeah but the next goal is to turn it into a movie just like allow everything to come alive in its own way and that's definitely something that I you know you never know when that kind of thing will happen like John Waters wrote Hairspray, Hairspray as a play right and yeah. then it got turned into a movie so long after you know it's like life is long if you just allow yourself the patience to grow as an artist and as a person, the right people, the right opportunities, like they will find you when it's the right thing to do. Um, so that's how I see the book. I'm not, I'm in no rush to turn it into a movie, but hell yeah, I would love for it to be a movie. Like that is one of my lifelong goals is to see one of my books come to life. Yeah. I, I like that so much because I feel like when I really get into something, I want more of it. Um, Me too. <laughs> yeah. 
So it's like, I can't, I can't think of the last thing that I was really into. Uh, Oh, okay. Like when the Scott, you just dipped your toes. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay. When the Scott Pilgrim movie came out, I needed, I don't know why I was so taken with it. Cause now in my adult life, I'm like, Mm, he was dating a 17 year old that's not right but when I was 17 (laughs) loved that movie and you know it was based on books so I read all the books and then I watched the movie twice and then I bought wow yeah and then I watched or not watch I bought the vinyl of the soundtrack love that amazing I love (laughs) that because it's just like I just want more and then there's a video game of it like if you're really not obsessed but if you're taken by this world or something I don't see why you shouldn't give people more of what they want (laughs) yeah yeah I mean there's a lot um there's a lot to be said I think about also allowing something to live in Mm -hmm. a different medium that other people process better yeah which was part of yeah it's it was part (laughs) of like the goal behind the book was you know as a teenager I, I really set out to try to write the kind of book that I would have translated to as a teenager. So a lot of people, maybe in a negative way, say that the writing is like very flowery and lyrical. Mm-hmm. But when I was a teenager, I listened to the lyrics in songs for that kind of flowery, lyrical soothing in a way. Yeah. So I wanted to put that aspect of lyrical writing into the book. Because it's like you understand it better when it's in metaphors and mm-hmm. a little bit abstract because it's really scary to say there's something wrong with my brain mm-hmm. as a teenager, right? Yeah. But to say it feels like I have clouds in my head, it feels more tangible in a way to be more abstract. It feels like, oh yeah, that's what it actually feels like because there's nothing necessarily wrong with someone's brain just because it's different. But right. that can be a thought that you go to if there's, you know, struggles that you're having in your life, right? So to right. put something that just feels more soothing to the to the feeling, I think was part of the goal of the book. And also to the music was to say, here's the thought, here's the feeling. And here are different ways to process those feelings that you may have about yourself. So allowing people to maybe they don't like reading. A lot of people don't like books. Sure. But most people like music. And the music is trying to translate those same thoughts that the book has. And I love reading and I love music. (laughs) So to put them together was like, this is like therapy for me. It was therapy to write it, you know? So if I, if I, there was an artist out there that kind of did something similar, I would eat it up, you know, like this is the kind of art that I like. So yeah, I'm going to try to make the kind of art that I would like. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's like the only goal you should have as an artist is to try to make something that you would like. Right. And if you like it, then hopefully other people will, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, like I was saying, there's, there's a ton of, there's a ton, there's a ton to having different mediums. Like there's this um, writer, his name is William S. Burroughs and he was like super problematic, but he's like from way back when in the fifties and sixties. But he wrote all these books and then later on in his life, he became a, kind of a painter, but his whole thing, because he really liked guns, is mm-hmm. he would kind of shoot at the canvas, um, very like Pollock-like of him. Right. Um, but people would say, you see that, that canvas and you saw the same voice come out through the canvas as in his books, because as an artist, you have this tag, whether you know it or not, 
Mm-hmm. Like when you hear, you know, a song right. from one of your favorite artists and you're like, that's that artist. Oh, mm-hmm. this sounds like that artist or this so- person sounds like they're trying to be that artist. Right. It's like, <laughs> there's something abstract yeah. to your tags. Um, so the book, the record, it's all like undeniably me. Yeah. So it's just like a different channel for people to process it. Amazing. Um, we are going to take a break for real because I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right okay. Back. Amazing. I'm going to put my laundry load over there. I'll be back. Hi. Oh, perfect timing. So, so perfect. Hello. Hello. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. All righty. So another more serious question. Yeah. How do you think that your artistry has survived in this pandemic? Um, I think that, oh, yes, very loaded question. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, the pandemic wasn't just a pandemic, right? The mm-hmm. pandemic was an entire social wave, social justice wave. It was um, the crashing of the facade of the class system in America. Mm -hmm. It was not just like people dying. It was was like America imploding on itself based on what we thought America was, right? Mm -hmm. And just it completely revealing to itself what it truly is. Because honestly, I've always lived in a bubble as a person who's from New York, city. I grew up in Queens. I grew up in New York. Um, so I lived in the best kind of bubble where there's so much diversity. There's a respect for that diversity. There's just so many different people around you that you learn to live in that. Um, so I lived in like a different kind of bubble that people live in when they're not from a coastal city Mm -hmm. and experience Mm -hmm. a tremendous and beautiful amount of diversity and also just like real life happenings, you know, like in New York, you were very aware of, you know, police systems. <laughs> and it's not like we had like, I, I learned this was a thing like kind of after high school that certain towns had their own police forces. Um, it wasn't like the normal police, like certain like suburban towns have their own police force. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, we have the NYPD. I don't know what that means, you know? Right. So things like that. I, I lived in a bubble. I was like, this is, this is the way the world is, right? And I feel like in 2020, 2020, and even 2021 now, it's not just like, how is your artistry surviving the pandemic? It's like, how is your entire perception of reality altered, right? Through everything that we have collectively been going through in the past year. And it's really, it's interesting because I feel like my artistry hasn't really shifted in too much of the way that I've just continually been using it to like process everything process how I'm feeling um I feel like again I was very fortunate because I've learned ways to like take care of myself without necessarily um relying totally on my artist project so in that way like I think it survived pretty well but as a person I'm still like learning I don't know it's like such a loaded question because again it's like not just the pandemic there's just so much there's so much to that like I just, I also feel like there's like this new wave, right. Of like anti-wokeness where it's like, no, no, no more performative activism, right? no more cancel culture. Like, it's like, let's, let's collectively do better. There's no more like, oh um, yeah, this is the way life is. It's like, no, we need to level out the class system. Like we're all kind of starting to realize that like, it's not just one thing. 
it's everything. And it's actually really hard to be an artist because you feel like, why do what, why am I doing this when the world right. is falling apart? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? You're like, what I have to say doesn't really matter that much to what's going on. Right. The fact that people are being literally killed and dying from the pandemic. And then like on top of that, it's like the, the disparage of wealth in, in LA where there's so many homeless people right now, it's insane. And then you look at your art and you're like, does the world really need another love song? Right. <laughs> you know? So there's been a lot of confusion in my own artist brain about it, but I can say that, you know, I guess compared to, and not even in a comparison thing that I can say that my artistry is just fine is the world fine I don't know right <laughs> I don't know so that's 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 being an artist in 2021 where you're just like yeah what are we living through what are we living through how do I put that down on paper so right sorry, that is so, so many words were just said my confusion was just yeah. spelled out <laughs> to the no like don't, don't apologize that wisdom is so needed I I would agree because before Pay's world, the T with P was about like pop culture. And I wanted mm. to keep it up through the pandemic because I was like, I'm not doing anything anyways. I'm like, this isn't right. It's like, does the world really care about, you know, my thoughts on, I don't know, e-news? It's like, no, they, <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, you're right. And I think a lot yeah. of people could benefit from hearing those thoughts put into words because it, I feel like a lot of things are at a standstill, but mm -hmm. you know, like the, the world is at a standstill for its own reasons. And then there's art, which is abstract, right. necessary, but not always mm, like immediately. It's not like, okay, we need like food, water, and a funny, <laughs> and a funny Seth Rogen comedy. Yeah. Right? It is. Right. <laughs> it's kind of what it turned into. Cause you know, everyone was in their rooms and I, I feel like media consumption yeah. was up through the roof because people were oh yeah that uh, not even media consumption just like new waves of creativity right because people were painting they were knitting they were trying yeah. to buy a bunch of things and you know like fashions art movies are art um mm -hmm. you know new music everyone's like we need something new where so it was like it, yeah I, I agree it's it was a weird time and a place right at the beginning of the pandemic yeah I mean though it's interesting I had almost completely kind of standstill with the project mm -hmm. when my friend was like what are you doing you've been working on this project for four years people are sitting in their homes right now they need a book yeah. <laughs> like like people might actually read right now and that was one of the reasons why I was like you know what Right now, mental health is a big discussion in people's lives as they sit home alone, isolated from people. So I felt like, you know, context is everything in life. This book is about mental health. This book is about escapism right. through a healthy medium, you know, music, reading. And I felt like it was a good time to put out that project, but it was not without like a self-critique and, you know, kind mm -hmm. of a whole, what's that word? Um, it was not without an internal crisis right. of thinking, should I be doing this right now? Um, and I definitely didn't want to clog up the airwaves was another thing. Um, so I tried to be like as timely about things as possible, you know, not taking, and I think a, a lot of artists like use their platform during the height of the Black Lives Matter movement 
in America in 2020, there was a halt in artistry, which was kind of beautiful in a way to see that everybody used their platforms for mostly the right things, right? Yeah. Again, we all live in our bubbles because we follow our friends and we follow the people we want to follow. We don't follow people with like necessarily opposing views. So most of us, and particularly me, I saw all of my friends and all of the artists I follow using their platforms for the kinds of things that I found to be important at that time. So I can't speak of like all of America, which I'm not trying to do because I know that, right. you know, we are very much country divided right now. But during that time, I thought it was really beautiful that everybody that I knew and respected was using their platforms for something that felt bigger than themselves. Because mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, artistry can feel a little narcissistic to be like, this is how I feel. This is what I want to translate to the world. So for a moment in time, we all kind of put that away and said, this is how we, how we should be using our platforms this time around. Right. So right. That was cool. I agree. Social media was quite the catalyst in some in oh, more yeah. yeah everything I would say everything that needed to be said and got done yeah yeah social media really felt like sims <laughs> yeah it, it yeah. did because I wasn't living like a normal life I was just inside my house yeah and the most most I saw of the outside world was through social media yeah I felt like I was truly playing like this virtual reality video game yeah. it was a dark video game you know but it was it was literally how we were all living uh -huh. we were not normally we were in our homes that's so crazy to think about like we weren't we weren't outside we were our sims and our little simulations that we created with screens uh, and broadcasted real life it's trippy dude it <laughs> is trippy. i know it's crazy like, oh my god yeah yeah <laughs> so, that being said are you ready for the world to open back up let's start just like artistically um oh yeah yeah <laughs> I'm <ready. laughs> yeah I'm I'm ready for um I'm ready for environments where you feel um you feel safe in again mm -hmm. I'm really um I'm really I, I'm ready for that I'm ready to be in a room of like like-minded people all going to see the same concert um yeah. I'm ready for um you know traveling to a new place and experiencing it for the first time without like a wave of fear consuming me yes. <laughs> um, to not be overly conscious of oneself and also the people around you. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that'll take some time because we've all had that ingrained to us this year, but I'm ready for that. I feel like those, um, those feelings in itself will be really exciting to bleed into the music yeah. and like the artist projects so I think a lot of us felt like really um isolated alone kind of um trapped I think a lot of music will probably have elements of that as it comes out in 2021 from different artists but I'm also ready to see what other people were working on which is kind of cool because as much as I'm an artist I'm also a fan of so many artists so I'm excited to see what people have been working on all this time and they're about to like come out so hard with all this new music and visuals and I'm like I'm ready I'm ready for that wave of like new music this summer so yes I'm ready <laughs> in some textbooks they would call that a new art renaissance 
if you could, yeah if you could name the next art renaissance what would you name it like what like an yeah. anticipation I would probably name it um gosh well it's kind of funny everyone's already been calling it like the roaring 20s but mm, I like boring. to think of everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> boring like, yeah. I'd like to think of everything in um like the, the lens of literature. I'm a big fan of this one generation called the Beat Generation. And they got their they got their kind of name because it was the lost generation, then the beat generation. And I've been thinking of this new wave of youth as the skip generation because it's people that literally had to skip on some of the most important years of their lives. Like someone who just got out of college, right? Yeah. Or someone who was on their way into college um, or someone like me who was finally becoming the person they needed to and was ready to put out all my music and the world stopped. It's like you basically just skipped over these really important years um, and how that's gonna translate is gonna be really interesting. So I've been calling it the skip generation actually, cause I've thought about this already. So I'm calling, I'm calling us the skip generation. The, the, the group of people that had to skip out on the, the movie moments that we were all promised, right? Cause that's right. what social media does. That's what movies do. They get you excited for life and for the next year. Everyone was like 2020, the roaring twenties. And then boom, this moment happened that ripped literally two years away from all of us. Um, some of us lost people. It's like you skip yeah. over this and now we're all going back to normal, right? Like, like nothing ever happened, but it did. So I've been calling it the skip generation. <laughs> Good. I like that. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best answer I've heard so far. Uh, <laughs> I'm silly. I would name it after myself but that's superficial like I just haven't put that much thought into it as you have I was like oh this would be a fun question yeah, yeah. Like, the patent art renaissance or the like something silly I like that but I like cute. thanks I like yours way better <laughs> I'm hoping to have like I'll think about it I'll come up with something real for my next episode I like okay. that yeah thank you so Alex we're nearing the end of our interview if you could believe yes. that shocking <laughs> I've enjoyed my time with you immensely me too yes where can people find your work you can find my work at byalexaller.com and there you can find my books you can find my music you can find some of the merch I'm making and you can see what I'm up to on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube all under by Alex Aller. Oh, I'm so excited for <laughs> more people to know who you are. I think yeah. all my friends are going to get a kick out of you. I've told oh man. <laughs> I've put a lot of your music on my Instagram stories before. I really do think that I don't know the people that I talk to would love you because I'm a trendsetter and you are well more than a trend but you are a person to look out for I would say thank you I yeah. appreciate that it's honestly just about putting your friends on that's what I've realized <laughs> just yeah. put your friends on that's all it takes you know 110 <laughs> percent so mm -hmm. lastly moving on to the reflection portion yes are there any resources or books that you would recommend to our audience Yes. Um, there was a book, since my book is about mental health, mm -hmm. and I find it to be a very important topic, and, and not in a way that's like, 
I, I hope not to oversaturate the space. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to drop a book recommendation that really helped me with my mental health when I was in my early 20s. It's a book called How Emotions Are Made by Lisa Feldman Bure. And it's a book all about how your brain kind of processes things. It processes loss, anxieties, language. Um, it just talks about why we kind of operate the way we do and also how much we don't know about the brain and to have patience with yourself and the you know psychological world because we're just kind of learning about these things um so I'm going to recommend that book thought a lot about that one (laughs) this question is so dangerous because I've had two or three people on and I've bought every book that (laughs) they've recommended so I just googled it um probably looking forward to buying that (laughs) and reading it and I'll get back to you on that Uh, yeah so what advice would you give to our audience listening like young artists to young artists like our age our age our age um let's think um I always say um this one phrase to myself, I have these mantras Mm -hmm. that I like to repeat. So I'm going to drop a couple of them. One of them is close the portal. And that is basically shut off the energy pathways that you have to people that A, don't care about you. Maybe B, might be a little bit toxic (laughs) or C, that you just don't need anymore in your life. Like you don't need just to people, but to things and places. So close your portals, protect your energy. I know that's like, you know, a a phrase that's constantly repeated on social media, protect your energy, protect your energy, but it's true. And you have like more power than you think when it comes to like exercising it. And it's something I'm learning to do. I'm not a perfectionist. I'm not like, you know, perfect in any sense, but that's something I like to say to people is close your portals. Wow. You can do it. That one really helps me. Um, and also, I also always say this because I have to remind myself that sometimes you don't have a million dollars to make the thing that you want. You might not have all the resources that other people have, and you might feel like you can't do it because you just don't have this, this or that. Right. So I always say, um, uh, create not within your means, but from your means. So take what you do have and make the most out of it take your story, take who you are, take your experiences and make something from that because, you know, it's the 99 versus one, right? There's probably 99% of people that have similar means than the person who has everything at their disposal. So create from not within, don't see it as a a boundary. So that's my artist advice to another artist. Wow. That's good. I like that (laughs) closed portal. That's good. (laughs) <laughs> that's very interesting yeah okay, okay. I'm a big mantra person <laughs> and then what would you say to your older self my older self well yeah. I'm always like I was thinking about talking to my younger self mm. I know I like to, to ask this question because I feel like we get this all the time um, but in high school I had a teacher who made us write a letter to our older self and I think I got mine back she mailed it back to us I think after my sophomore year of college and it was so, it was just so good um I, what did you say I said um some superficial things I would say 
That's like, okay. Yeah. Which is okay that, that she yeah. was like, she, me at 18 and 17. <laughs> she said, oh, I hope that we're doing this, this, and this by now, which is just not true. I was setting um, boundaries for myself and limiting myself, which mm-hmm. I, obviously I look back on my inner child teenager with a lot of patience and love and joy. Um, yeah. So I, I just... I'm trying to think, what did I say to myself? Oh, some other very beautiful things. Like I hope by the time I I had some mental health issues at the age, Mm -hmm. I still do. And she said, I hope by the time you're reading this, that we love ourselves, that we're just a little bit closer to um, resolving internal conflict. Uh, That part I thought was very tender and wise of a 17 year old, just a little bit closer. Um, That's nice. So like hopes, but also like, if you had anything that you wanted to say, like, how, how is life now? If you listen to this in like two years, what would you have hoped you would say? Um, in two years. Yeah, smaller parameters. Um, uh, I'd probably say, can you believe it? Can you <laughs> believe that you're finally the person you are? Can you believe you trusted yourself and had the foresight to believe in yourself? Can you believe you finally did it? And I'm going to say that because I believe in manifesting our future with the words we say now. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Wherever I am in the future, I already have faith that they're in a place where they got to experience love and more life than they ever had before. So that's what I'd say. That's beautiful. <laughs> and then last but not least, why do you think that we met? Um, I think we met because people just find each other. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they find who they need to find. They need to, they, they have the conversations they need to have. And hopefully, hopefully it won't be the last time, right? Yeah. <laughs> hopefully we will hook up in like another year or two and be like whoa can you believe it can you believe where we are now you know <laughs> listening you know? back to this podcast like yeah 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 I know it's like I'm gonna probably listen back and be like girl what are you saying to I myself know. you know <laughs> you're just you are so wise and kind and you gave me a part oh, of man. your day which is more than anyone can spare sometimes <laughs> true, uh, true. yeah what are you gonna do with the rest of the day I am probably going to go play some tennis. I really want to, yeah, that's been my pandemic sport. Um, I got back into tennis. So I'll probably go play tennis and maybe have some lunch, hang out with some friends. I'm supposed to go thrifting with Zoe actually, because she's working on a music video and we need to go um, pick up some like supplies for uh, like the uh, decor, what's called like art art set. So we're going to go thrift shopping and do that. And yeah, I think I'm just going to spend my day chilling out, doing my thing, because, you know, I try to give myself the weekends off. So that's what I'm going to do with my day. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to have a good day. I love it. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for meeting with yes. me. This is probably, I, I don't know, this would be on my wildest dreams. I feel like you're the, like, the coolest, the biggest oh, person. Man. I know. Everyone, be sure to go check out by Alex Aller on Instagram or yes. .com, right? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> or .com. Yeah, that's right. Well, okay, thank you for coming to Pace World. Yes, thank you for having me, and I can't wait to listen to all of your future episodes. Oh my gosh, thank you. Bye, you guys. Bye.
Ah, yes, and that's our episode. If you are interested in getting to know more about me, Peyton Johnson, your host, or this podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at NotoriousPEY or follow the Instagram for this podcast at PaysPEYS.world. Until then, you know where you can find me. Call 1 800 PaysWorld for a good time. See ya.